I feel like we just saw each other. Maybe. Because we did. We did. 12 hours ago before you hopped on a plane to LAX. Yeah. The drains in your car again. We um are just coming down from our high from our Boston live show at Loft Boston. It was so fun. So much fun. It there. I feel like every time. I mean, it's a whirlwind of emotions. Just in terms of one, before it happens, we're like, "Why are we doing this? What's happening to us?" And then two, <laughs> we do it. And then it's not that I black out every time, but it just flies by to the point where, like, at the end of it, in retrospect, I'm like, "Wait, how is it already over?" And I feel like it didn't actually happen. That's true. I I do have to give you praise because you're, you get so hyped up right before we go on. You get nervous and you don't talk. And then like five minutes before, all of a sudden you're like dancing and you're like, (laughs) whoa, let's do it. Like you get all hyped. Whereas I'm the opposite. Like I need you to lead me out onto the stage because I'm about to have a heart attack. Okay. Except for yesterday, you pushed me out onto stage. You're like, go, 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 go. I was like, what am I supposed to go out here by myself? Well, because I was like, you have to wait till a few beats into the intro music, and then you were just like waiting. And I was like, okay, okay, no! <laughs> this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Oh, hi. Two Girls, One Ghost. And yeah, we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hey. And I'm Sabrina. And we just did our second real big live show, and it, it's amazing, and we have so many more coming up, or two more, I guess, but hopefully more after that. But so if you guys want to come and support us, we're going to be in Nashville at Zany's Comedy Club on June 16th. And then we'll be mm-hmm. in New York City at Gotham Comedy Club on July 14th. Yeah, we're very excited. We're really excited. Get your tickets. It was a fun, fun show. And actually, yeah. we do need to talk about something because I know that I told you. What did I do? We were both exhausted. And I just feel like I need to say it again. What? And once people listen to the live show, once we post it, they'll understand more. But I feel like I can still talk about it now. What? I've always said Jill's room is haunted. <laughs> Because things happen in Jill's room. Yes. And in the story that I talk about in the live show, there is a small part that involves a boy and chocolate. Mm-hmm. And you, the yes. night before the live show, so this is Saturday said night. that, yes, Saturday night said that in the middle of the night, you heard a man's voice saying, give me the candy. Where's candy? I want candy. And so I'm thinking like, I want candy. candy. Like I thought it was a name, you know, but. Then I, but it was scary. It was like a little off-putting. And then in the morning, I when I woke up, I was like, man, I really didn't sleep. And I kept hearing voices in the middle of the night. And I, the first one I tell Corinne is this one of the man saying, I want candy. And she goes, wait, that's so weird. My story I'm telling tonight has a boy with candy. But yeah, so we were like, okay, it's it's not that big of a stretch. A man asking for candy and a boy like wanting chocolate. That sounds super similar and so we're like that must have been it yeah like somehow the wires got crossed and something happened in your sleepiness maybe you've heard a boy but you thought it was a man yeah. or whatever and then the whole time you're like i don't want to scare you but your room's super haunted and i was <laughs> like no it's not my room it's always been chill's room but then in the live show when i'm telling my story and then you're talking about how you heard this the whole time <laughs> jill is in the audience freaking the fuck out because what we did not know at the time was that on her dresser drawer or on her dresser mm-hmm. in her room were bags and bags of candy. Yep. Which is, I just got chills. It's so creepy. She was so scared. <laughs> she took all the candy out of her room and she brought it to work today. Well, now the ghost is going to be mad because the candy's gone. I hope the ghost doesn't come after me. <laughs> it seems like the ghost does avoid you. It's Jill and then when I was there, 
the ghost came to me. Oh, except yeah, for, totally. okay, well, you'll hear it in the live show too, but Corinne started like little girl giggling in her sleep and it was creepy. And she says that there are no ghosts in her apartment and it's because they are possessing her at night. <laughs> I guess that's, that's why. Maybe I am the man. The man takes me over in the middle of the night. Oh, that's creepy. Oh my God, I just, I'm picturing you now because your apartment gets very quiet at night. And I am picturing you standing in the middle of your apartment, possessed, in the dark, and then Jill or Elizabeth leaves the room to go to the bathroom, and you're just standing there, smiling and giggling. <laughs> that They would move out immediately. They would be like, sorry, we're breaking our lease. We're done. We can't ever see you ever again. Your Please never contact whole us. whole building should, ha- should move out if that happens. <laughs> you are out of our lives forever. <laughs> Um, oh, I mean, to, I've been meaning because I'm I've been such a ding dong and we have been getting so much help from Eric Foster at Upfire Digital in editing our main episodes. And I have just been I have no excuse for the past few weeks. I have an excuse for today and I know I'm doing it. But anyway, I wanted to say thank you. A huge thank you to Eric for editing these episodes because it helps us and gives us a lot more time like we were allowed to prep more for our live show last night because of that so Mm -hmm. thank you and he's doing a great job and if you ever need editing help you can reach out to him i think i've been in this hair towel wrap for four hours (laughs) i know your hair does look pretty dry underneath it it's a little wet it's still damp because i've wrapped it in this so basically guys slightly damp i okay so i took a red eye friday night to boston but also, okay, mm-hmm. I so Wednesday morning I got back from Hawaii at 5 a.m. So I took a red eye then. And then on Wednesday night I took a red eye to Boston. And so I'm like three time zones deep in three days. And then I left, I did the live show last night and then left, woke up at 4.50 in the morning, got to the airport, landed at 10 a.m. I've been up since then and I have no idea what time it is. I have no idea where I am. You've been up since since you left LA originally because that's true because your room's haunted and I couldn't sleep you couldn't sleep <laughs> the whole time you were just reading your kindle every time I woke up you'd be like under the covers reading your kindle yeah yeah so um oh I don't know where I was going with that but oh because that's why I've had this thing in my head for so long because I didn't have the energy to take it off you're excused thank you thank you we did find a black cat of course Sabrina finds <gasps> a black did. cat on the streets has a moment with it uh-huh it was it was like perched on the top of a, like a little gate at one of the nice houses many nice condo apartment townhouses in boston and it was so sweet and kind at first and it like nuzzled my hand and then i tried to get corinne to take a picture <laughs> i was like this would be perfect to put on our instagram story and then immediately as corinne gets her phone out the cat hisses at me and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. I'll walk he was away like, now. I was all here for you when you were just loving me <laughs> unconditionally, without any motives. But now you just want me for a photo. It's like when you're a kid and your parents just want to take photos nonstop, and you're like, Mom, leave me alone. And then you'll be perfectly nice once the camera's away. I'm not sure I ever did that. I think I liked attention when I was young. Oh, see, that's where you and I differ. <laughs> But I feel like it's since changed. Not that you like attention now, but I think that you deal with it better. No. I think you're better at saying like, oh, thank you. Whereas I'm like, I'm going to crawl into myself and just go dig a hole and run into the woods and don't talk to me ever again. I think I'm good at pretending that I'm not feeling that way, especially in, in really uncomfortable scenarios. But give me like a normal social event. I'm like, mm, nope, I'm going to stay home with Leia. Thanks. 
I want a dog. <laughs> I thought you were saying Adelaide. I'm actually no. um, surprised <laughs> that, because I realized yesterday, because all of my clothes were black, and I realized I had a bunch of cat hair on them, and you didn't react to me, and I'm very happy about that. You didn't get allergic well, to I'm me. because I'm not allergic to cat hair. I'm allergic to cat skin. Oh. I brought her skin, too. I know, but I guess it was it just wasn't enough. Yeah. Well, going along with time and the fact that you and I are both very tired and I have no gauge of time, it says 5.20 on the clock, but I, it could be 4 a.m. It could be 2 p.m. I don't know. Which kind of leads into our topic this week. Which is time, time travel. travel. This is a Patreon pick by Arin. Yeah. And we're really excited because we've never talked about this topic before. It's, I mean... We've covered some Encounters episodes that have those themes in it or might seem a little time travel mm-hmm. but we ourselves have never really talked about it. We haven't. Okay, time travel. Time travel. I'm excited about this. It's a newer topic to our podcast. Yes. And there are just a ton, a ton of stories about time travelers. Mm-hmm. So we've mentioned some on the podcast before very, very briefly, but really we've never gone into it no. Which it's exciting. We've talked about the concept of time and, and what it is and how it works. And, and is it just a construct that we've created to understand and kind of put like markers on our life and kind of organize our own lives? Or is there more to it? And like we know it's part of the dimension. It's one of our dimensions that we can we can interact with. But how can mm-hmm. we go back in time? Can we go forward in time? And I think that's what we haven't really discussed on this podcast, which is... Right, because it's similar to a glitch in the matrix, which we had a whole episode on. But this is different because it's time hopping and staying within one time for a period of, I guess, a a longer duration than just maybe a glitch is associated with. And also time travel comes with a lot of controversy and doubt. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like ghosts. People do or they don't want to believe in it. Right. But one difference that separates, I think, time travel from ghostly encounters is that According to a study, I forget when it was done, I think it might have even been last year, it was something like over 50% of Americans had either experienced something paranormal or believed that their pets saw spirits. But when it comes to time travel, unless everyone's keeping like something secret from us, or at least for me, I'll speak for myself, I'm fairly certain most of us feel quite distant to this topic. Yes. And don't have many experiences that are like, oh yeah, I 100% know time travel's real. Yeah, I agree with that. And I feel like, I mean, I don't want to speak for both of us, but I, we have, we briefly talked about it where we, you know, we, we're going to take this topic kind of with a grain of salt, but it's like super exciting to talk about. And I don't necessarily believe that time travel is something we're capable of yet. And I, I think it's fascinating and I would love the idea of it, but I'm also not. But maybe we're not because we're in the past, whereas I know people that are time traveling are 100 years in the future, 200, 300, they're year 3000, like the Jonas Brothers said. <laughs> Yeah. And so we just don't know because we're living in the past when it wasn't a thing. Right. And I also don't want to too outwardly say I don't believe in it because what if it is real and the government was like considering me as one of their prospects and now they hear me say this and they're like, oh, just kidding. She can't. She doesn't believe in it. And also. Yep. You're too skeptical. Because of that, we can't send her to Mars either. You know, you are not the chosen. (laughs) You told me I was (laughs) last time. So now make up your mind, Corinne. I can't. <laughs> I can't. I'm back and forth. I'm wishy-washy. Okay, so this is the story of Andrew Basiago. In 2004, Andrew was a regular Joe. He was a Washington-based attorney. 
He just lived a normal life, mostly under the radar. If you Googled him, you'd probably only find his attorney page. Nothing, nothing too, nothing too out there. Normal guy. But then all of a sudden in 2004, Andrew comes out of nowhere and starts talking very openly to the public about all of these experiences he had in his uh, childhood with this program called Project Pegasus between the years 1968 to 1972 and it was a top secret government program it was highly classified and it was a program that andrew himself participated in a number of experiments that took him on journeys through time space and potentially parallel universes so he starts telling the public of all these stories of time travel many of which i will get into further but the world's kind of just like what okay if this is real, why is he coming out with it now? What is Andrew talking about? And why is he mm-hmm. vocalizing this now? Well, Andrew had a plan. And he believed that the government is keeping too many things secret. He thinks that time travel and, and a lot of the programs that the government is is actively partaking in should be made public and should be used publicly. And so in December of 2015, Andrew announced his presidential candidacy for the 2016 election. But as we know, because we are in the year 2019, the current year, Andrew did not, in fact, win the presidential election of 2016. But he has made it very clear when he announced his candidacy in 2016, he was quoted saying, I have prior knowledge that not only will I run for president, but that during one of the elections between 2016 and 2028, because I am not running past that year, I am either elected as president or vice president. So someone or something gave him this uh, this knowledge. And so he is actually... I really, I mean, what? I kind of hope <laughs> something comes true just to be like, we covered this. That would be awesome. But um, but also, yeah, I don't know anything about who he is or what yeah, he stands I don't for. Kn- so I don't know much politically. Not. I didn't look that part up because it's not an episode about politics nor will it ever be no. um but he did announce he is running again in 2020 and he plans to reveal more information about project pegasus and all of his uh contributions to time travel that he was a part of when he was younger you know i've never wanted to get into politics but if this guy <laughs> becomes president i might i might just to get all the secrets i mean there the was world. a phase where you were all with like say you were like Corinne for president. I'm still kind of Corinne for president. <laughs> Everyone would be like, this chick is dumb and she knows absolutely nothing. She doesn't even know, like, the lingo. But whatever. I'm there to expose the aliens and that's about it. This is why you need to start a cult and then just have, you're the president of your cult. <sighs> Too yeah. much work. You'd rather just be a part of one rather than lead it. Yeah, so he, he plans to share more information about it, but he actually already has shared a lot of it. And so I probably could talk about this topic or just Andrew and Project Pegasus for a very long time, but I'm going to contain it and contain myself because I don't have capacity and neither does this episode. (laughs) But he has lots of stories. He's traveled to many different times, the past and the future, and maybe to Mars. And he might even have a picture, a photograph to document and prove his traveling experiences. So Andrew Daniel Basiago was born in Morristown, New Jersey, on September 18th. Hey, is this why you picked I had him? no idea he was from New Jersey until I was listening to another uh, podcast, which is called Unbelievable Podcast, that did an episode about about Andrew. It's a really good podcast, by the way, but it ended in 2015. Like, they disbanded, and I'm really sad about it because I got really hooked into it this oh, week. Shoot. Um, but they have a bunch of episodes if people want to go listen. I didn't realize he was from New Jersey until I was listening to that one. 
on the plane at 5 a.m. this Destiny. morning. Destiny. Okay, yeah. So he was born on September 18th, 1961. And he was no ordinary child because from a young age, he began exhibiting strange behaviors. And he also recalled a previous life and would talk very openly about it. But Whoa. it's not like the normal reincarnation stories that we used to hear or that we're used to hearing. Like where you're like, I was a woman named Charlotte and I had, I liked the color green or I was from this island and I know where my body's buried. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. It was more like Andrew would make it very clear that he was a gray, a gray alien in a past life. Wait, this is so reminding me of that guy that said that he was reincarnated from Mars, from the colony underneath the crust of Mars. Well, apparently that colony does exist and Andrew, he has seen it himself. Wait, he's from Mars? No, he's not from Mars, but he's been to Mars as okay. part of another project mars some government program or cia program but i'll get there that's the last thing i'm gonna talk okay, about sorry. because i love mars but right so he in a previous life was a gray a gray alien and it's so interesting to me because it we've talked about this like are we limited when we die are we limited to be reincarnated only in this planet or in this earth as we know it or is it limitless and you can go anywhere in the entire universe right which is, and it's like, how would you, do you get a choice? How would you even make an educated choice? Because I, f- I don't know what else is out there. How could I say either. I want to come back to Earth or that I want to go to Mars or that I want to go to some other one? I can't even come up with a cool name on the top of my head, <laughs> but just something. Right. Yeah, I don't know. And, and also, I mean, from Andrew Basiago's perspective, it's kind of like he was destined he feels that he was destined to be president of the united states at some point between 2016 and 2028 so maybe for him or for if we're thinking about it in respect to the story it's a matter of destiny and you get reincarnated based on destiny which what is destiny i don't know so destiny more questions destiny hope cyrus yes also known as hannah montana (laughs) But anyway, Andrew didn't just know of his past life or be able to talk about it. He also was exhibiting traits and abilities that greys typically exhibit. He was three years old and while Andrew's, he was one of five. So as Andrew's other siblings are like playing around, playing with their toys with their hands and going vroom, vroom, whatever they're, you know, whatever you do with toys. Mm -hmm. Andrew too was playing with his toys, but in a very different way. He kind of sat there and all of a sudden the toys started moving in the air. But he wasn't touching them. What? He was moving them with his mind. Matilda. (laughs) Yes, this is exactly Matilda. Except for if if Matilda's family was like, let's put these abilities to good use. Except for this is questionable too. But anyway, so fast forward to 1967 and Andrew is now six years old and he's still exhibiting all of these things. He's manipulating objects with his mind. He's able to read people's minds and he's incredibly intelligent like probably because he can read people's minds he knows what the answer is for everything right dang but he was a later in life claimed to be an indigo child and that's what he self-proclaimed himself as as a child so he just had all these like amazing abilities was so intelligent and his father was currently working for the air force in 1967 and he oversaw a project called project talent and he was like andrew is such a brilliant child and has all these amazing talents and abilities i'm gonna bring him to be a part of this project and basically Mm -hmm. project talent was started in 1960 and it was it was a project that searched for 
young talent with natural-born intelligence, possible psychic abilities, and who exhibited signs of being natural-born leaders. So they basically like did this like scout of all the different schools and picked maybe like 1,000 kids out of all of America. And then Andrew's dad brought him into Project Talent. And yeah, so it was the first scientifically planned national inventory of human talents, which is so weird. It's like collecting young kids to be like, kind of like x-men totally like what value are you and can we use you in the future or like can we train you to be what we need you to be this is like every villain in every superhero (laughs) movie yeah and also a little bit of harry potter totally but harry potter it's like a place where they can they're already wizards they're going to school but they had to get a letter in the mail and be invited yeah, but there are other schools. It's not just one in the whole world. Okay, fine, Sabrina. <laughs> I won't I won't loop Harry Potter into this because I can tell you don't really like <laughs> no, this institution and this comparison. I don't like the comparison, but I understand why you would compare it. I did get the vibes, <laughs> but I think Harry Potter is much happier and Hogwarts is in the wizarding world. Whatever. No one wants to hear me talk about Harry Potter anymore, but I'm going to do it anyway. No, I'm not. Okay. Andrew has spoken out to talk about Project Talent since 2004 when he started talking about everything. This is one of the things he talked about and said, Project Talent was actually a study group to funnel the best of the best into gathering information of extraterrestrials and what the Soviet Union was doing. And so apparently it was preparing these young children to fight against other time travelers as well, but they didn't know that Mm -hmm. at the time. And so they, they would do all these tests and studies on the young, bright, brilliant children that they collected and then they would you know tell some they did a great job and go home good job thank you for being a part of this but others a select few were then brought into project pegasus and it's darpa's time travel program and keep in mind andrew was six years old when this happened six six years old and he's about to go be a time traveler that's insane (laughs) yeah how do you even prepare a six-year-old you don't that i mean that i mean i think okay so basically project pegasus they were doing stuff with adults but then a lot of the adults after a few time travel trips would go mad because they're the way that their minds had already been built and created and formed it was almost impossible Mm. for them to rationalize what was happening so they'd go mad and so they decided to do teleportation with children who are more naive and willing to do those things without questioning them and being confused by moldable exactly which is questionable don't know if that's the correct way to do it but i understand i would love to time travel um so it was a highly classified and develop it was a highly classified program and developed to achieve time travel for the u.s government it studied the effects of time travel and teleportation on children as well as to relay information about past and future events to the u.s president intelligence community and to the military so all of the u.s presidents are apparently in on this and andrew basiago has a very He's been very vocal with the fact that he believes that every single president who has or will be president will be told or has been told decades prior to becoming president. What? Yes. Yeah. And anything's Project Pegasus is kind of part of the reason why. And they they study these people, especially like since it started in the 60s that like now from moving forward that all presidents have or future presidents have gone through that program. Mm-hmm. Who knows? So six-year-old Andrew is part of Project Pegasus and they begin to teach him how to time travel. And apparently his own father, who worked for the Air Force, was actually secretly part of Project Pegasus as well and had been time traveling himself for four years. So he was a well 
to do time traveler. He knew what he was doing. And so he felt comfortable helping Andrew learn, which I appreciate because I think if you're going to send your child knowingly and willingly into time travel, you should have done it yourself first to make sure your child would be okay. So Andrew and his father are at Curtis Wright Corporation in New Jersey, and it's Andrew's very first time traveling through time. And Andrew's father brings him to the portal. And Andrew describes this portal as two parentheses-shaped booms that are eight feet tall, spaced about 10 feet apart. And there's a computer configuration that controlled the portal that was plugged into the wall with a power cord. So, like, seems like, sounds like something you can make in your bedroom. But... I know, I'm like, it's like a toaster. It goes into <laughs> our outlets, our modern-day outlets. Right. Uses the same voltage, no converters. I mean, I didn't see it, so maybe there was. And also, Andrew was six, so we don't know. And also he was six years old. Yes. So Andrew and his father are standing there and the portal is activated. And all of a sudden it creates a vortex tunnel with radiant energy that can bend the fabric of reality. So it kind of like, it's like a electric current almost. Mm -hmm. And Andrew's dad looks at him and says, on the count of three, we will hold hands and jump through the energy pattern. So they do. And they jump through this field of radiant energy and they find themselves in an illuminated tunnel for a few seconds. It closed and all of a sudden they found themselves on a hillside 2,005 miles away from Woodbridge, New Jersey, now in Santa Fe, New Mexico. What? Yeah. And Andrew recalls that the tunnel was a portal through time and space and it had a bluish white glow. And when you looked either to the right or left, you could see all these rapid adjacent timelines in a holographic form and like kind of like a TV, like these moments kind of flashing around because when you're time traveling, you're going through all of these moments, whether it's the present, which you're going from presently in New Jersey to presently in New Mexico. So whatever's happening in between those moments, you're seeing and everything that's happened before and will happen is all happening all around you too so that's how he explained it sounds very overwhelming yeah it kind of sounds reminiscent of what people say when they die right everything all or near-death experiences Mm -hmm. it also reminds me of i think it's one of the second or third hocus pocus movies and they have to travel on their brooms through like the time warp do you not remember that you mean not hocus halloween town yeah halloween town sorry (sighs) I can't remember which one. I think it was because they go to see that guy who has all the missing socks. I think they go from there. Anyway, it reminds me of that. That's how I visualize it. Okay, so that was his first jump. So he did it with his dad. He understood how it worked. He was a little off put by it, but was like, okay, I can get a hang of this. And so after that, he starts doing all these test jumps by himself. And most of them were to specifically the Civil War because according to Basiago, the Civil War was so well documented that traveling in it would be much safer because the project could then pick the date and time to send him to and they would know where he is and what was happening so that he would be safe. And also I think it was partially a test to be like, okay, we're going to send him back to this time. Can he come back and report accurately based on the information we already have? That way when we send him to other places and other times, we can know he's doing his job correctly. Right, right, right. He's a six-year-old. Just some good old reliable science. Yes. Okay, and so they first send him back via the chronovisor. And there's all these different machines that he talks about. And, but they're all, I mean, they all, there's some that you actually travel physically, but the chronovisor, it doesn't actually send your physical body back. It sends more of like a hologram or a, basically like an astral self mm-hmm. to another place. But it still feels as if you're there, but you can't get physically harmed, if that makes sense. 
And so that's most of the traveling that Andrew did because he was a six-year-old child. And so he once went back into a Civil War battle and all of a sudden the Confederate soldiers start running towards him. So he has to jump and hide into a trench because he's terrified and these soldiers are running past him. And he's seven. So yeah, he might know that he can't physically be harmed, but he's terrified. So he jumps in this trench. He's fine. And how does he know that he can't physically be harmed? Because they told him. It doesn't mean anything. Actually. How do they know? That's true. Well, okay. Because there are, I'll tell you later, but there are a few time travel is dangerous and if you're not even if you're not using the chrono visor apparently there are some bad things that happen but it's more in the act of what happened while you're time traveling like the act of traveling is what's dangerous another time he was sent back to the lincoln assassination and apparently he traveled back to that exact moment five times because and they would send multiple time travelers to that moment because no one in the government could figure out for sure how lincoln was killed and if it was john wilkes booth who killed him and so they keep sending time travelers back to verify it but every time they'd go back something would happen and they'd be cleared out of the way and they could never see lincoln or the person who shot him because that makes sense because the world is getting in the way and you cannot change history but but there are a few stories that are conflicting to that but so but then i was like well or is it feeding onto all the conspiracies that already exist in terms of terms of lincoln's death like people believe he didn't actually die or that it was all like a government conspiracy to kill him because they wanted him out of the way and they paid john wilkes booth to do it or yeah i mean there's all these different theories about it but None of the travelers were ever able to see the killing or verify who did it. And Andrew said every time he would go back, because he went back like five or six times, he would notice little things that changed. And so it led him to believe these two things. One, that either he was traveling to the event in different dimensions or he was seeing little changes because of his time travel. Like So like he was causing butterfly effect essentially. Like because he kept traveling back to it, little things had to change to readjust. Oh... But there's so many questions because if it, if it is the same event but in other di- dimensions, how many dimensions exist? And if there are countless, how can he be sure that his other travels weren't in the other dimension as well? And also, how can he be sure he's supposed to be president in this dimension and not another? How does he even know he's in this dimension that he started in in the first place? That kid's lost, man. <laughs> I'm lost. So I'm lost. Well, it's because yeah, our brains haven't opened up. We're past the point of being able to understand. We're not the OA. We're not. No. But there was also this article that got very sciencey, and it was. Just, but it was just interesting. So let me see if I can um, say it in. If 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 I can understand it, maybe I can help other people understand it because I'm not, well, anyway. So essentially it says that the possibilities are constantly out there and happening, but it's not until someone observes them that they become reality. So based on quantum mechanics, energy in the universe seeks randomness. So Andrew says that the past can only exist when it's remembered or recorded, which I don't understand fully because it's like, how do you then record the past? because and then what happened to the whole live in the moment now we're all going to be tied to our phones being like let's (laughs) Let's never have picked for proof yeah but then also it doesn't really explain how he would be able to go back to multiple different versions of the same thing because in the the way of saying it you have to record it for it to be real then someone's recording all of these dimensions or is it not that it has to be recorded perhaps maybe he meant in order to jump to that time there has to be something to jump into it's like the movie looper you have to have a photo to be able to jump to that place yeah but there's like so much of it that they that he did that didn't they didn't have photos of i don't know i I, 
I mean, like, it doesn't mean he has to jump to an actual photo of Abe Lincoln being assassinated, but it's just from that day, like a photo taken from that day in that general area. I don't know. Because it sounded like, I mean, just based on what I read and heard from him, it was like they picked the date and they would just send it back. And a lot of the times they didn't have accurate descriptions of what happened that day. And that's why they were sending people back. And then, Hmm. well, then another theory, not even, Andrew says that he believes that the Greys or some other entity actually recorded and documented all of the time travel visits. So all of time travel is actually based on alien studies of Earth in our civilization yeah so it's basically like whatever the grays created of our universe then we can go back into i don't know it's confusing and it's tying a knot in my frontal cortex so i'm gonna move on uh so then in 1972 he goes back to the civil war to november 19th 1863 to witness the gettysburg address and while he's there he gets caught in a photograph A photo that he claims proves that he did indeed travel through time. So he explains, and I'll talk about the photo, but he explains that upon arrival, he was dressed as a union uh, newspaper boy and he saw a man that looked just like his father. So he goes and he touches what he thinks is his father on the shoulder and and calls him dad. And I think he's like seven or eight at this time. And the, the man turns around and goes, I am not your father and looks at him in disgust. And apparently his father decides to disown him in that moment because either because andrew's doing way more time travel stuff or who knows what but from that moment on andrew and his father completely split apart like they're not close at all what yeah and so andrew continues walking on and i guess when he was time traveling he lost his shoes and so he had to find a local cobbler and the the cobbler gave him just like a random pair of shoes and they were oversized oversized and abnormal looking for a eight or nine year old boy and so people started looking at him weirdly and he was kind of wandering around and like he's the the only young boy there and so people were like you don't really fit in here and so he felt uncomfortable so he starts walking away and he walked what he said 200 paces on a diagonal way and he turned to look away from the wills hotel where lincoln was going to soon arrive and while in that exact posture he was photographed and sure enough there is a photo of a kid with oversized shoes and it's like the only photo that exists from that day of Lincoln arriving to do the Gettysburg Address. But you can't really tell anything other than the, other than the fact it's a young boy with big shoes. So there's no facial fe- features. It could be anyone wearing big shoes. But Okay, I'm going to Google it. What's his name? Andrew what? Basiago. Basiago. Mm-hmm. And if you do photo. You can keep talking. I'm just going to look while you. Okay while you talk but my biggest question about that because regardless of if it if it verifies it or not it's very hard to tell but my biggest question is how did he lose his shoes and like we were talking about is time travel dangerous but it is it absolutely is because andrew said that when he was traveling he would travel with other children and he saw firsthand multiple people die one child go blind and then uh there was one time that he was jumping with a kid his same age and they were jumping into an abandoned school site in Santa Fe. It was part of one of their trainings. The school was abandoned, but one of the public fountains hadn't been drained fully. And so when Andrew landed, he landed. And then he sees the other boy land in the water fountain. But because of the way that the because of the way that time travel exists with water, the top of his body landed before his ankles and feet did. So his ankles and feet basically severed off of the rest of his body. And so this nine-year-old boy lost both of his feet in time travel. 
Oh my God, how horrible. And after that, Andrew kept time traveling because either he didn't care or he didn't have a choice. And he went and visited George Washington. And this is the thing that we were talking about, like can't you can't change the past. But then also Andrew says that he knows that every president has been visited and been told that they will be, become president. And so this is one of those instances where Andrew was sent back in time to go visit George Washington during the Revolutionary War. And he went to George Washington and told him that he was a time traveler, that he, Andrew, was a time traveler. He's also, I think he's eight or nine now. So a young kid comes to him and goes, I'm a time traveler from 1970, 200 years from now, and you are destined to win this war and forge a new country. It will be called the United States of America. You will be recognized as the first president of that country, but none of that will happen if you do not retreat your troops immediately. And so he claims that by going to visit him, but he didn't change the course of history because he was really just reiterating what already happened in history, which confuses me because it's like, does that happen in every little dimension and every time jump like why did he have to go back or has he always been going back because time is constant right i don't know i can't even wrap my mind around it well then also i have no answers i have no suggestions it's just like well because also um apparently george washington used to write in or like tell people that angels came and guided him through the wars and helped him with all of his decisions so did he think time traveler andrew was an angel because the concept of time traveler was too far out Hmm. and then it makes me wonder about yeah all of the like ancient art about these creatures from heaven that would come Mm -hmm. and visit and give modern day technologies what if it was literally just a time traveler being like oh well (laughs) you need a wheel to move that this is what a wheel looks like i don't know I don't get it. I, I don't I really don't understand it. It's very I know. It's impossible. It's, yeah. And then that's all fun and interesting. And and Andrew has tons and tons of way more experiences actually time traveling. But the coolest thing that I found was Andrew Basiago traveled to Mars. Isn't that Your cool? Favorite planet. So this is cool, right? It's like a banana split. It's really cool. But let's add a cherry on top because he didn't only just travel to Mars. He traveled to Mars with Barack Obama. (laughs) What? Uh, Okay. So basically, it was 1980 and the CIA had this training program that teleported people to Mars. And Basiago and about 10 other young adults chosen by the CIA took training classes at California's College of the Siskius. And among his classmates was a 19-year-old man who went by Barry Sotero. And if you're familiar with Obama, his Indonesian stepfather's name was, was Lolo Sotero. So apparently he was in this program under a pseudonym. And after their trainings, they went into this jump room, which was apparently technology given to the CIA from an alien species. And it was similar to an elevator that transported directly to Mars within minutes minutes they would do this multiple times they would go to mars multiple times and it was basically to establish a defense regime to protect earth from threats from space and like you were saying about that colony under mars andrew also says there is life on mars including a group of earthlings who were sent to colonize mars but there are so so many volatile predators on mars surface that they almost all died out but so there's a few of them of earthlings of earthlings but us, on top humans. of that, yeah, us. But on top of that, there are alien beings who look very similar to us, 
but went through near extinction and have now gone underground on Mars to rebuild their population. And I think they're back almost at the millions, but they're not ready to come out. And they look just like us. That's what that one guy from Russia said. Yeah. I don't know. You tell me. (laughs) I need to find this Russian guy and ask him some more questions. And these alien species that that are colonizing under Mars's surface apparently look a lot like us, but they've lost all their hair and are much paler than we are because they don't see any light because they're all underground. Mole people. Mole people, yeah. So there are also these predators, and they're like lizard-like animals similar to dinosaurs, and these um, CIA Mars, I don't know what to call them, people like Andrew and Barack Obama were all taught that if they ever came face-to-face with one of these predators – they had to just lay there and die because then they had to let the predator eat it because there was no running away and they were all given cyanide pills just in case because the predators were so dangerous. Seriously? Yep. How we have we have machines. I mean, it's it was We are on Mars in robot form. Yeah, but they were given an elevator. How much can you bring? And it's what 1980 and no but i'm saying the predators like where why haven't we seen them oh why haven't the little rover guys seen them maybe the government doesn't want us to see them or maybe they're elusive and they are just really good at avoiding the machines Mm -hmm. i don't know who knows this is why i'm saying send me to mars i'll let you know no sabrina (laughs) i don't want you to get hurt it takes 20 minutes to get there in this (laughs) elevator which is apparently in the cia building in california so i'm gonna go okay so then apparently obama denies this which I would too if you were president or trying to be president and you're like, he's wrong. He's just a crazy guy. But then, you know, behind the scenes, it's like, yeah, I know. We went. We went. Don't worry, dude. Um, He also apparently had images, whether I don't know if that means he traveled somewhere and got these, but images of the 9-11 attack decades before it happened. But he didn't know like the date that it was going to happen. And then he was told... Or he visited the future in the year 2054 and was told of the historical pitfalls a commander-in-chief must avoid. But it's like we don't know who that commander-in-chief is yet, so you can't stop it. Wow. And then, yeah, so if, he has so many experiences and you can find like two-hour long, there's like hundreds of two-hour long videos of Andrew talking on YouTube, so you can listen to them. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. He said that every former and future president has been told by a time traveler that they would be president. And so he included has been told that he will be president. My question is, does every president know that they're being told or is it like, or could it just be that kid or that teen or that college kid who just like has always dreamt of being in politics and being president and then they meet some kind of weird person and that person's like you're gonna be president one day you can do it and they just think that just someone yeah i don't know i mean he went to george washington and told him and was like i am from the future yeah i don't know there are some crazies out there so i'm just gonna go start going up to people and telling (laughs) them i'm from the future and that they're gonna be president they're destined I love the idea of people walking through cemeteries. Yes. We talked about this during Halloween. People walking through cemeteries and when other people look you at you, be like, me. you can yeah. see me. But anyway, to end this, Basiago is hoping his presidential ca- campaign will be the catalyst for the U.S. government to disclose information about radical technologies and make them accessible to the general public. And he is running his campaign on three themes, truth, reform, and innovation. And he hopes to be president by 2028. So... That's Andrew, our time-traveling future president. 
future president. You heard it here, folks. We're all going to be time traveling soon, so. I would be. Work on your ankle flexibility so that your feet are nice and pin straight so when you hit the water. We just have to make sure there's no water where you land. The one connection I do make to Harry Potter is the, the, is the port key because that is time travel. Okay. There are some connections. There are parallels between Harry Potter and the story you chose. Correct. But how do we know okay. what parallel means in accordance to time? We don't. Oh, man. I really like this topic because it's just there are so many things that I'm like, that can't be. But then I'm also like, well, why <laughs> don't I think that that can be? What do I know? Why am I questioning it? Why am I taking a hard stance on one hmm. one end or the other? I have absolutely no backing for either. I cannot say something exists nor that it doesn't. Yeah. We, we don't have the ability to judge that. Because we don't have the knowledge to know any of it or the capacity wow. to. I had a lot of fun researching <laughs> time travelers. I got totally sucked into YouTube. And it's just so interesting reading all of them because I feel like it's almost hard to find. It's hard to find articles and videos that have a lot of fact without also finding the same story being highly ridiculed. Mm-hmm. So I think this... This whole topic is just really fun because you kind of have like two sides of people, the strong believers and the people that are like, there's absolutely no way. And I like to think that maybe we can find a nice little seat somewhere in the middle. Right. Well, I feel like, yeah, a topic like this, especially like, yeah, we get it with ghosts, but I feel like people are more willing to let it lie. Whereas with time travel, it's like there's almost this higher level of absurdity that people are so like get so worked up about and are like i need to disprove this so that i feel better well right because it's like i was saying before the percentage of people who think that they themselves have experienced something paranormal or that they know someone or a pet who has is very high Mm -hmm. but those numbers drop drastically when you talk about time travel i think very few people can say like oh i time traveled and yet still we've had listener stories though where they maybe unintentionally time traveled right there was some weird like glitch or whatever you want to call it where yeah they were a slip maybe a portal they accidentally stumbled upon right but it's one of those gadgets and also like deja vu like is that a part of time travel you know like the way that memory comes and goes it's yeah it's just not talked about as much and i feel like i mean ghost stories definitely still have that sort of weird stigma where some people don't want to talk about it some people think that you are like crazy or something's off if you believe in it but i feel like they're not wrong we're a little crazy everybody's a little crazy all the best people are Mm -hmm. but i feel like time travels more to the extreme because people it is so hard to wrap your mind around because you didn't grow up hearing you know at night we told ghost stories at sleepovers we told ghost stories around the campfire we told ghost stories but we did watch i mean back to the future was such a big prominent movie during i don't know it was but it was that's true still every year someone dresses up as marty mcfly yeah but still it's just hard to wrap our minds around and i loved looking at all of the photos like there's a photo of an iphone depicted in 1928 someone holding an iphone that's out of place or Mm. one of the big ones is the out of place hipster who's wearing sunglasses and a zip-up hoodie or um well actually yeah that one's a good one because it was at he's like surrounded by all these men in suits and top hats i think that's one of the most famous ones that's cool and he was at the 1941 bridge opening. But there's just a yeah. ton, a ton of photos of that where it's like someone looks so out of place. Right. 
kind of like Andrew's photo. I mean, he was dressed to be part of the time, but he he clearly didn't look like he fit in. And then he got caught just on. Just yeah, camera. enough so that other local people of that time thought to maybe include him in a photo. Yeah. Well, and he was walking away because people were people were looking at him as if he didn't belong. So I too chose a story of an Andrew. Oh. His name is Andrew Carlson. Weekly World News reported on him back in March of 2003. I'm not going to tell you about Weekly World News if you don't already know about them. I'm just (laughs) going to tell you the story. But back in March of 2003, they reported on him. Why? Because he was busted for insider trading and arrested. And the article Mm. was picked up by Yahoo and a bunch of other news outlets. And it just like blew up and everybody was reading about Andrew Carlson and his insider trading and him being arrested and like following the case. And authorities did not expect that his insider trading was a result of his knowledge that he gained in the future. So Andrew Carlson was 44 years old. He told authorities that he was actually from the year 2,256. And he had traveled back in time to get rich off of the knowledge that he had. So kind of sounds like a good excuse. Kind of sounds like a good way to get out of ratting your other bodies out. And it makes sense if Andrew's fortune was built over a long period of time. Maybe if Andrew invested only like, you know, a few hundred here, a few hundred there and and made some money over a gradual period, then it'd be like, okay, he's Mm -hmm. just making something up because this is crazy. This is random. And obviously he's skilled and has been getting little tidbits here and there. Mm -hmm. But that's not what happened. What happened was Andrew invested only $800 over the course of two weeks and from those $800, he turned $800 into $350 million. And what? not only that, but Andrew was betting on unpredictable and unexpected business development. So every single trade that he made was correct. Every trade. So to that anyone is crazy without information, that would have seemed super random and high risk to put so much money on all of these different trades, these trades yeah. that were unexpected and unpredictable who would be like yes slap down 10 million on this like random ass thing that no one's even thought about or talked about it's totally back to the future and how biff does that absolutely totally back to the future so there's just no way he could have guessed on all of these things and been right and he actually made 126 high risk trades in total so there's just no way he had to have insider knowledge Right. Plus, some of the trades that he bet on were so top secret that it's almost unbelievable that he'd be able to predict it. He wasn't saying that it was a prediction at all. He kept insisting that the knowledge was mm-hmm. fact. It was fact. It was in a history book. He lived some 250 years in the future. So it wasn't these trade secrets. It wasn't these like, ooh, hush, hush, like you have insider info, which was like, oh, yeah, that happened. But that Everyone is insider knows. info if you think about it. Well, it was everybody's info in the future. Right. But not everyone's going back in time to make money off of it. Right. But that's what he did. And that's what he insisted happened. He said he studied up and he traveled back in time to make some big money. And he had planned to stay a while. He thought he was going <laughs> to bet on a few things here, a few things there. So really, make he sure. had nothing going for him in 2200, whatever it was. Well, yeah. Well, he was going to say, well, I mean, to not raise the alarm on his betting. You know, he was going to like do a little here and there. And then also he was planning on betting incorrectly on a few things, letting himself lose some money, you know, and then eventually roll in the cash, all (laughs) of that. 
But he said once he started gambling, he just could not stop. He got so excited and so invested, and he just banged about one after the other. 126 correct trades. Wow. But he blew it. He blew his cover. Yeah, clearly. Sucks to suck, Andrew. Now you can't live your dream life out on the ranch in your farmhouse and you got greedy. Wake up every morning and go down to your lake and isn't that go your, on your dream? paddleboard and have your big old greenhouse with your fifty dogs, sunrise living community and sing to your plants and drink chai tea latte and tuck in Bigfoot and I'm getting do concerned yoga in the garden. Because clearly this is your dream, but I'm concerned because you're associating yourself with a man who traveled decades to steal money and then got caught. Let's let's dig into that, Corinne. Where is that I coming think from? the line that wants to find my morals mm. is zigzagging at this moment in my life. Okay. I don't know where I am or how I feel or what I would do or wouldn't do. Gotcha. Who's to say when pushed to a certain limit or when given an opportunity, what would I do? I'm well, not I, sure I'm that strong. I might be weak. I might take the money. But I hope that this story teaches you a lesson that it doesn't work out that way. Yeah, because he wasn't smart about it. <laughs> Neither are you, or if you're talking about it on a podcast. Literally, no one's going to let me <laughs> hang out with our future president because they're all going to know I'm going to go back and get money. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew's saying all this. He's like, I insist it was an insider trading. Maybe it is in your world, but in my world that I actually live in 250 years in the future, this is common knowledge. And I'm sorry I blew my cover, whatever. But of course, people think he's lying and so he gets looked into very heavily by both the Security and Exchange Commission, as well as by the FBI. Andrew was obviously in some deep shit. I mean, millions of dollars in two weeks from insider trading. So everybody was looking into him, but he just kept insisting. He kept telling the authorities that he shouldn't be arrested because they were not secrets. They were known facts from where he was from. Oh, my gosh. And he also admitted that he traveled throughout time and visited many places and he knew many things like he knew the whereabouts of Osama bin Laden and he knew the cure for AIDS and he was telling them this and he was offering up this info hoping to be released but authorities didn't believe him. Hmm. And so who knows if the authorities actually got the intel from him or if they just never agreed and so Andrew never opened up and divulged this supposed information this knowledge but he did provide specific dates of the u.s's entry into wars and it was said that all of the dates he provided were in fact correct whoa or became correct and he also told authorities that he too was in the picture of the 1941 bridge opening the one that i mentioned earlier with the hipster what yes so everyone immediately when they look at the photo they look at this guy that's obviously wearing it looks more like a modern day t-shirt and a zip up hoodie and some like kind of wrap around sunglasses and mm-hmm. he looks out of place he totally looks out of place but just a few people away from that person is a man who looks quite similar to Andrew hmm. a man Andrew insisted was himself and that that picture was from another one of his time travels And the authorities weren't loving Andrew's explanation of things, and the whole case was just a bit off. But what's even more curious was that authorities could not find record of the man before his trading began. So Andrew just didn't exist before those two weeks when he just started trading money. Whoa. And it makes sense if he was a time traveler, which had, who had just arrived. So Andrew stuck to his story and he insisted he was telling the truth. But one thing he refused to give up was the location of his time machine. Said, well, that's what I was wondering. Because if he is in such a bad place, 
in where he exists, like where he should exist, how does he get access to a time machine? Is he just a brilliant guy and built his own? Did he steal it? What do you mean if he's in a bad place? Like just like financially, it sounded like he didn't have any money. Or maybe he did just fine, but I mean, there are plenty of people who have a ton of money, but it's just so tempting to get more and more and the greed builds up and you see these opportunities and you just can't stop. Oh, so now I have, see, I was thinking of it differently and I had a little bit of sympathy for him, but now I have zero. And also who's, who's to say that it's not just commonplace? It's not like, you know, being able to push a button to use the crosswalk in today's world. 250 years from now, there might be on every single street corner. But that, see, that that's what concerns me because I'm excited about time travel. I'm excited about the prospect of it. I'm also excited about the, the prospect of being able to teleport yourself from place to place without, which doesn't even have to do with time. It's more of just a matter of convenience. But I don't want time travel to be a thing that every single person has access to because then it could be used incorrectly absolutely and honestly it probably will because let's be real i mean i don't want to get political but like no matter what there's always going to be a black market for plenty of things and the bad the wrong people are going to make a lot of money and a big career yeah out of these things so no matter what it is it's people are always going to get their hands on it and it's always going to do good and it's always going to do bad yin and yang man yep bounce it out yeah but i'm wondering if so he wasn't giving up the location of his time machine but i'm also like was there even a time machine did he just have to now that i watched the OA, i'm like is it just a series of movements do you <laughs> meditate to get to a certain state what do you do mm-hmm. do you say the alphabet backwards i don't know i've said it a few times backwards i have not traveled through time so maybe you just didn't sing it backwards all right i'm gonna try it post recording <laughs> so Anyway, Andrew is arrested and he's held with $1 million bail. But interestingly enough, a man showed up, a mysterious man, and he paid the $1 million bail and he set Andrew free. And Andrew was to appear in court on April 3rd, but he never showed up. He didn't show up anywhere. He was never seen again. Poof, he was gone. Oh. But how did this mysterious man know to bail out Andrew? That is my question. Do people time travel together? Is there a group of people who maybe look after others who are traveling back? Do they have a big crystal ball, a monitor, and somehow have a way to communicate with them and be like, oh, shit, stay right where you are. We're coming. We're sending or, someone to get you. Or it's like, like earpiece. Or it's like Andrew Basiago, who the reason he was first brought into the project Pegasus was because he had the ability for telecommunication and telepathy and all those different kind of extra special gifts that most common person doesn't have. So maybe Andrew Carlson also has it and all the other time traveling people can communicate with each other through their mind. Maybe that's what distinguishes who gets to use time travel and who Mm. doesn't because those who can't communicate are the ones that might die or get stuck or whatever. It's a huge risk. Well, shit, that means I'll never be able to time travel. Perhaps, or maybe you haven't tapped into that part of your brain yet. You just don't know you can. All right, I'm going to work on that tonight. Boot camp, baby. Yeah, I'm not sleep for another few nights and maybe that will work. (laughs) Okay, well, here is the thing with this story. I told you Weekly World News was the newspaper that first reported on Andrew Carlson. And many of you probably in the beginning, if people recognize the name, they're probably screaming at me because this newspaper is a satirical newspaper. (laughs) So the stories posted are fictional. They are made up. But for this one story, it was picked up by Yahoo News and then it was spread. So, so many people thought that this was true 
But then another group of people are like, yeah, no, it's a completely made up story. Wait. But this wouldn't be the first time that newspapers have done something like this. So I'm going to give you an example because I kind of love this example. You're just Back- sorry. I need a second. You blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to really tell it like I. You did. Well, because it's fun. Corinne, I'm already in a sensitive place. Now my mind. I'm melting. Okay, but back in 1997, (laughs) the Backwoods Home Magazine needed some extra filler. They had a few blank spots in their newspaper. Mm -hmm. So their writer, John Silvera, John Silvera, Silvera, he wrote a few ads and just put, put them in the back. And one of the ads he wrote was, wanted somebody to go back in time with me. This is not a joke. P.O. Box 322, Oakview, California, 93022. You'll get paid after we get back. Must bring your own weapons. Safety not guaranteed. I have only done this once before. It sounds like Dwight Schrute. <laughs> Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. It does. Um, so he just did it as filler, like thought he was funny. And the P.O. Box was flooded with thousands of responses and still today the p.o box which is a real address still mail comes from everywhere in the world even antarctica wait and some people have mailed him just things yelling at him calling this whole thing a hoax and i mean it was but right okay i have a new marketing plan for us Uh, what just that (laughs) (laughs) but what heart with i thought you were going to relate it somehow back to the ghost just nope just travel back in time with us (laughs) Um, but he got a ton of mail. So some people were like, this is stupid. You made this up, blah, blah, blah. Because a lot of people didn't know that he did make it up as filler. Mm-hmm. But then there were plenty of other people who were writing him, inquiring to go back in time with him. And not just to go back because they were curious and wanted to go back. But a lot of people wrote to him about how they wanted to fix or change something in their life. Aww. They didn't want to commit that crime that had incarcerated uh-huh. them. They wanted to be there with a loved one before they passed or to intervene before they lost a loved one in a, their untimely death. Oh, oh that gives me I know. Sad. And John said those were really, really hard to read and some of them are so sad, but it also reminded him that even if you don't believe, you still want to. Aww. There's something in you that wants to and you still take that risk of writing and sounding crazy just in case. That's a very sweet just sentiment. Yes. And so the for the case of Andrew Carlson from Worldwide News, it may be very well made up story. Mm-hmm. But while his story was reported in a newspaper, there are still so many other cases that have not been discredited. Photographs found with no explanation other than that the depicted person might very well be a time traveler. Right. And current people here on Earth, uh, currently... Some of them make YouTube videos that claim to be from the future or, like you said, from other planets reincarnated, um, but are very widely not believed. Those people are shut down. So whether you believe in it or you don't believe in it, I still think it's really fun to talk about. It's fun to fantasize about. And maybe one day we will all be time travelers and we'll head back in time and we'll get into some shenanigans and we'll try to convince the world that ghosts are real and that we're... We're the ones that the Jonas Brothers wrote the year 3000 about. <laughs> it was us. It was us. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, regardless of how you, or what you believe in terms of time travel, it is so much fun to conceptualize. Mm-hmm. It's the same as talking. I, I, It's on par with talking about aliens and the existence. I believe way more in aliens than time travel. But I think just like the conversation of like what's out there in the world and what we're capable of in that way, it's similar. 
Right. Uh, yeah, it's so hard for me to wrap my brain around time travel because I so badly want to be like, well, I believe. Why wouldn't I believe? How yeah. could I? What happened in my life for me to think there's absolutely no way in the world that... Because, oh, here's the thing. <laughs> Haven't scientists... Hasn't it been proved that they can send... Haven't they been sending bananas back in time by, like, microseconds? I have no idea. I've never heard that. Maybe the Worldwide News posted that, too. I believed it. (laughs) That would be really cool, but I have not heard that. I have not heard that. I gotta do some research after this. (laughs) Extra research. You'll get back to us. It's so cool. It's such a cool topic, Mm -hmm. and I love the idea of it, and I love every movie that includes time travel. I know. Me, too. I think my only... The only hard thing about the time we live in right now is with the internet and Photoshop and the ability to, to alter images and things. Yeah, everything's doctored now. Right. So it's hard to tell. Whereas, you know, I feel like let's travel back in time a decade or two and things will be a little bit more authentic. Yeah. All right. So for listener stories, mm-hmm. we tried hard to find some that were time travel, but it is a difficult topic. And we did already cover some. But we do have plenty of glitchy, potentially yes. time travely, wormholish. Unfortunately, we don't have many time travelers who listen, uh, or none that are willing to expose their secrets. Correct. To us. Um, but maybe you're out there and you didn't realize we would talk about it. So send those stories to us now. Okay, this is from A. Hey girls, I'm going to jump right into this. For as long as I can remember, probably from the age of 6 to 17, I've had this one reoccurring beyond vivid dream. It starts with me and a really tall guy whose face I can never see. We're both driving under a bridge, probably an overpass for a train. We'd park and walk up to this random, somewhat suspect-looking building, but it looked cool, full of art. There was always this older white guy with a beard standing by the door. He'd talk to us, but I could never hear what he said. We'd walk in and there were racks of clothes and random things in the hallway leading up to the main room. When we walked in, there was a wall full of dolls and crazy colored graffitied walls in just the coolest, quirkiest place you'd ever visit. Like I said, I had this dream on and off for many years, so I never really thought anything about it. It wasn't until I started dating my ex that I ventured out of the smallest town I grew up in. He was into punk and hardcore and just cooler than the losers in my town. So he took me to some cool places and one night he took me to a punk show. Afterwards, they said they were doing an after show party at this place called Super Happy Fun Land. And guess what? That doesn't y'all? sound fun. Doesn't it just kind of already sound a little creepy? Doesn't it sound like purple or what What was it called? 30 Purple 30 that we went to for Liv's birthday? Oh my God. Uh, purple 33. Oh, that, was, that place was scary. Right? Okay. We so- weren't ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. At this place called Super Happy Fun Land. And guess what, y'all? The dream I had for many years of my childhood, yeah, it was this place. Every single thing I remembered from the tall guy I was with to the older white hippie man to the doll wall, it was happening right in front of me. Uh, I remember when we pulled up, I looked at my ex and told him, I've been here before. I could tell he didn't believe me at first, but I think now he does. I've attached some photos of outside and inside. I also included a photo of my ex with the doll wall. It still trips me out to this day that I had this dream as a little freaking girl and it all came true. It's not the only dream I've had come to life, but the other ones aren't as cool as this one. Anyway, I just had to share this all with you after a long time of being a fan. Thanks for endless nightmares and being my exes in my favorite podcast. Please shout out to Brandon. He loves y'all more than me. LOL. Stay spooky, babes. A. Holy crap. Okay, so I'm looking at the pictures and it's totally meant to be some like sort of creepy, trippy. Yeah, art type of exhibit. Yeah, art. Yeah. 
But whoa, okay, so now I'm like all into this. It makes me wonder the difference between or the distinction between now premonitions and potentially time traveling and also astral projection. Yes, because there are so many similarities between them all. So many. This story in and of itself, it could have been a premonition that she was having in her dreams all throughout her childhood, or she could have traveled back in time or astral projected into the future, more like, right? as a child. And that's why she kept having these dreams, because she accidentally kept coming back to this one exact moment and watching it. I'm not kidding. Like, I just tried to, like, in my head, conceptualize all that, and I got dizzy. It's, there's just so many possibilities, and probably all of the ones that we're actually coming up with aren't even the right answer well because the right answer is probably something we can't even begin to fathom right and I feel like for me specifically like when I have dreams they're mostly one either warning or they're yeah a lot of the time they're warning or like they're telling of something that's going to go wrong and so for this but it's just like a simple like event in her life it's not life-changing it's just really cool but it's not anything you know like it's not it's just ordinary it's an ordinary memory that has been retold in her mind since she was a young girl i wonder if she was really really excited or just so incredibly creeped out when realizing this was her dream it sounded like she was excited i don't know yeah it's cool okay i have one for us what is it this is called a glitch in the matrix or a hiccup in time Hmm. it's from shastin Hey, boo things. So I first want to say how I'm how obsessed I am with this podcast. It gets me through my long nights working retail. But anyway, I should preface this whole story. My dad has always told me that he thought I was more sensitive to the paranormal or the unexplained. I often would have deja vu constantly while growing up. But as I got older, these things happened less frequently. On to the story. My dad and I went to school to pick up my older brother who had decided to stay after school. We were waiting outside of the school, sitting in the car, and as we waited, the other teachers started heading home for the day. Nothing really to dwell on, right? Well, as two teachers were walking past us, they separated, heading towards the parking lot that was on our left. One heading in front of the car and the other walked around the back. My dad and I didn't really think anything of it, but not even five minutes later, the same two teachers came walking out of the school. One went in front of our car and one went in the back. But my dad and I didn't even miss a beat. We just looked at each other in silence for minutes, exchanging a glance like, did you just see that? And then he got the courage to ask me if I'd seen it. And we both replayed what had just happened and became even more puzzled. I haven't really told anyone about this except my close family. And even they find the entire thing strange and even a little supernatural. This is still something I find myself thinking about now, almost 10 years later. Wow. I hope you enjoyed this story as I have plenty more ghostly encounters, but this story feels a little bit more haunting to me. Keep it keep it spooky, girls, and stay awesome. See you on the other side. Sincerely, Shastin. It reminds me of that story I think we talked about in the Glitch in the Matrix episode of like that king or something riding down and seeing himself in a gold outfit and then years later actually wearing that outfit and riding. I literally have no memory of that. Oh, maybe I read it. I don't know. But it's, yeah, like what? It's a glitch in time. Like, why? Yeah, it, what happened? Did you rewind or did you jump ahead? Yeah, I don't know. And then, like, your own 
your own movements, your own bodily movements, like you and your dad are sitting there in the car hanging out, I'm sure doing absolutely nothing different. Mm-hmm. How how are those few moments, those five minutes in between this glitch or this jump in time, right. what happens? Like, why are you okay? Yeah, I don't know. Were they in the DeLorean? Who knows? Maybe they plugged one into their cigarette lighter, not knowing. Yeah, driving that car. I don't know. That's so fascinating. Maybe the motor in their car was, or the engine in their car was made from some of the old parts <laughs> of a time travel machine. Yeah, or like, I'm just wondering if, like, talking about di- dimensions, like they, if there are so many dimensions, I imagine them like stacked on top of each other like a Pringles chip can, you know? Mm-hmm. So, and then I'm just going to keep going with this Pringles metaphor. If you crack one of the chips and it cracks the one below it, do they bleed into each other? You know? Because then the crumbs get closer together and it's like, oh, this crack bleeds into this one. And so now this dimension bleeds into this one. And so things briefly get their wires crossed and then they'll reset. Do they ever reset? You cannot fix a broken chip. That's what I mean. I don't know. I don't know the answers of time. I don't know. I'm getting scared. You know what? (laughs) If time travel is a thing, I don't think I'm going to do it. I don't really want to mess with things. All right. I'll do it on my it's like my death wish you know i'll get my last meal and i want to time travel just real quick oh my god what if i died while time traveling that's kind of (laughs) cool sabrina you want to die going to mars and now you want to die time traveling what if you died time traveling to mars apparently it's a possibility to do or or die time traveling back from mars what if I so that travel you can have gone to Mars? What if I travel to Mars and time travel while on Mars? So travel back in time in terms of Mars history. What if you do a whole little shape and water thing and you fall in love with the predators on Mars? You know, I didn't see that movie, so and neither did I. I just know that it's about a creature and a woman having Isn't a whole it love affair. Bestiality a little bit? Yes. <laughs> you want me am I predestined to fall in love with an animal? Is that Perhaps what you're I do about joke me? about Bigfoot, which is disturbing if you really think about it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it until now. Pretty gross. <laughs> But I don't know. Maybe you could save Earth. You could have Earth and Mars combined. We'll lasso Mars. We'll bring it closer to Earth. Okay. It'll get a little less toasted, a little more inhabitable. (laughs) And then all of the predators will become our friends. And we'll all hang out together. I'm all on board for... uh, I'm I'm nervous to be friends with predators, but I'm all on board for lassoing Mars closer to us so I can hop on board. I mean, we ourselves are predators, technically. Yeah. We prey on many, many things. Not me. I'm vegetarian. I only preyed on Nick, and I got him. You prey on plants. That's plants true. know when they're being eaten. It's been proven. Ugh, I guess I'll stop eating. I Fine. love how when I told my mom that you were a vegetarian when they were trying to figure out, like, dinner reservations mm-hmm. and stuff, she was like, oh, perfect. We can go to seafood. And I was like, uh, no, she's vegetarian. She's like, okay, so she can eat fish. I'm like, No. no. That's pescatarian. Living and breathing. She was like, then what do vegetarians eat? (laughs) It's like the same thing minus fish. (laughs) Should I just start texting your mom every meal I eat? Like, this is what I ate today. She just got confused between vegetarian and vegan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which they're pretty similar. And pescatarian. And pescatarian. She got both confused. Because she thought it went carnivore and then pescatarian and then vegan. I think she just jumped over vegetarian in her mind for a moment. But she got learned. Yeah. Well, 
Speaking of getting learned, we want to learn more about you and our listeners. So send us your ghost stories, send us your time travel stories, send us your glitch in the matrix stories, anything at all, anything a little bit odd and weird and out of this world we love to hear about. And um, if you want to pick another topic in the future, that is a bonus on a few of the tiers on our Patreon mm-hmm. page. And um, yeah, so we will do anything. It doesn't have to be ghosts. And if you want to join our Patreon, you can donate that way. You can also support us by rating and reviewing on iTunes. We have merch out. You can buy merch, represent us in the streets, come to our live shows wearing the merch. We wear our merch to our live shows. Yeah, so maybe do. you'll match us. We're going to start looking into providing merch at the shows. It's just a little hard for us because we're not doing a tour where we can drive in a car. We're both flying. So we're looking into it. We are, but probably, uh, to be honest, you need to buy it before. <laughs> but maybe. Optimis- optimism Optimistically, over here. but not with the company we use now because we use a ful- fulfillment size. So yeah. even when we ourselves want shirts, we buy them. <laughs> but we can, we'll figure something out. We'll Kay. try. Anyway. 2020 could- tour. 2020. When um, Andrew J. Basagio, Bas- why can't I say his name now? Basiago. Basiago. Basiago is president. We will have shirts. Yes, he will fund them with his presidential money. Yeah, that he got from another another time zone. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky. <laughs>